Hi, everyone, and welcome to a Christmassy daily objective. So today is uh, obviously Christmas is quite unique this year, but I think it's important to appreciate that the way this year has gone, the fact that at least some of us are even in a small circle with family, or even if we're not together, that, you know, our beloved ones are well, uh, somewhere out there, that's good news. And hopefully next year is going to be way better. But today needs to have a positive vibe. So we're going to discuss, not uh, do something like a recap of one of my favorites, if not my favorite pick of episode ever. So Leonard Pickoff used to have a radio show. And one of his episodes was about Christmas. And I have to say that I like Pico's radio show so much because of its vibe. It's very much a 1990s vibe. And it, in a way, it brings you to a more innocent time where the biggest problem in the world was how philosophically problematic Bill Clinton was. So I get this nostalgic vibe. And I like everything. I like the intro. I like how you can hear the producer on the background. I like the music. I like everything. And perhaps my favorite episode, as I said, is the one that Peacock is making about Christmas. And when I first time I heard it, it was not Christmas and it brings Christmas to my mind. But when I hear it around Christmas, it always cheers me up. So again, this year, Christmas is a bit weird. But if you want to get cheery about this, check this out. Where you can find it, you can find it in Peacock's podcasts, in Leonard Peacock's website. I'm sure Raz is going to put a link on the description or on a comment or on the chat. And the episode is, play. I think it's on February of 2015. That's when he uploaded it. Originally, it's from the 90s. So what he's actually doing in this episode is he's going to say, he's, he's talking about Christmas. And he says, look, religious people and some conservatives are telling us that we have lost the true spirit of Christmas. And he says, yes. Let's find what the actual spirit of Christmas is. And then he goes on to explain what actually the spirit of Christmas is in a quite heretic way compared to, to what is the, the popular view about Christmas. But before we get to that, Mark, uh, tell us a bit about how you view Christmas, uh, how you reacted to Peacock's uh, uh, Christmas episode. Did it cheer you up? How do Christmas this year, and how do you see it? So... How are things? Ah, humbug. Ah, humbug. No, I, uh, <laughs> I actually didn't get the memo. So I was actually listening to Leonard Peikoff's podcasts and not listening to the radio show specifically um, centered around Christmas. But I did listen to every episode of Peikoff's radio show back in the 90s when it was actually happening. I thought it was the best radio show uh, out there. Um, so I don't remember specifically what he said, but um, I'm sure my feelings uh, right now about Christmas are in alignment with his, probably unconsciously. Um, yeah, Christmas is a time where we get to express uh, uh, generosity and beneficence towards our our fellow our fellow man, the people that we love. We get to we get to demonstrate our uh, our um, appreciation for them. And we can do that because we live in tremendous wealth and we live, we live in a, a country that for the most part endorses, endorses freedom and that, that gives us the uh, amazing level of production uh, that enables us to, to, to be able to take the time to sit with friends and relatives whom we like in front of a nice fire and a big Christmas tree and give out uh, presents 
because we have we have so much surplus. We have we have we have we have surplus on a scale unimaginable in human history. And and uh, to me, that's what Christmas is. It's a celebration of of human production of the mind's capacity to to make us wealthy and and to give that to give that an appreciation to the people we love. So I I don't remember if that's uh, anywhere near what what uh, what Peacock said, but I'd be interested in in hearing. And Tell actually, not only that, but it's also, and this is going to become hopefully prominent this year, but it's also in a way a rebellion and resilience against misery. So I remember, for example, Christmas in 2010 to 2011 in Greece, when we're in the middle of the crisis, I remember on the family dinner, we had something like spaghetti with some sort of chicken. But the, but the, the atmosphere was always the same. So it doesn't matter whether it's a crisis or a bad situation. Christmas always brings the best out of people. And uh, even in these difficult days after we go out with friends, even if we end up in a cold room, just hanging out, of course, we can't do this this year. But yeah, so I like Christmas because it's, it's always, in a way, it, it asks you to, give, to be your best self. And by the way, this is why a lot of people say that Christmas is always a letdown or New Year's Eve is a letdown because it gives you these high expectations. But the mere fact that every year we expected that this is going to be so great even if it's not so great, the mere fact that we look forward to it every year, although we know that usually it's not as great as we thought it would be, I think that's uh, that's something uh, good in itself. Well, what so, do you think? What do you think? What do you think the best self is? So when you say Christmas, Christmas sort of forces you to put your best self forward. There's there's a lot of people out there uh, who think. Uh, it's the spirit of giving. They would they would put it under the umbrella of altruism and say that's your best self. Now, how would you define it, and how is it different than what's out there, what's commonly out there? Yeah. So, for example, the, there used to be a time where, specifically when the cell phones came out, where you would text literally everyone on Christmas. Now, so uh, the non-altruistic thing I do is that I usually contact people only people that have had the big a positive impact in my life. So, yes, you want to give, but you want to give to people who have given you for the last months or people you appreciate. That's the one thing. The other thing is, yes, benevolence <clears throat> is part of being good because when you feel good about yourself, you want to go out and queue in the supermarket and buy stuff. Although you might not have a lot of money, you want, you want this to be a beautiful moment because you love the people around you. And I think that people who have this view towards life, they have a good Christmas. If you do it as a duty, so quite often I see people getting stressed. Oh, is Christmas dinner going to be ready on time? No. If you see Christmas as a duty, it's not good. And I think that's where the letdown is for most people. But if you see it as, look, this is my chance to be with the people I love and have a good time. And as you said, celebrate. I also like the fact that people are dressed well during Christmas. Uh, I mean, now it's like 20 degrees, so uh, we're with our summer clothes. But it's, it has this elegance. It has this special occasion. And we need these things. Around. We need to remember that, no, life is not just drudgery and it's not just miserable things. It is that we want to be the best version of ourselves. So in a way, Christmas is a bit like romantic love. It's, it's the moment where you envision yourself at your best. I like that a lot. That's very nice. 
Okay, good. Glad maybe, I'll, maybe, maybe I'll put some pants on and actually celebrate Christmas then. <laughs> right, yeah, so, but... It's okay, you don't, there's, no, there's nowhere you can go with that. There's nowhere you can go with that. No, actually, there is somewhere I can, I can go with that because I hear many people this year, you know, they say, well, this year it's, spe it's not special, I haven't got anything to do. But do you think that the fact that this Christmas is so different and for, for many people they have zero energy to do anything do you think that it's going to make us reappreciate some of the things that we consider as self-evident for example will next year people who usually on christmas are oh i'm gonna oh again i have to do all that work all day i'm in the kitchen and i have to do all the shopping do you think that next year it's gonna be that this time we reappreciate everything and everything's gonna everyone's gonna be in a better in a better mood, rather than in this year's mood, which is, as you said, the you know, sweatpants and all that stuff. <laughs> I, well, I certainly hope that's the way we go. That would, that would uh, I don't want to say restore my faith in humanity. And not that my, not that my faith in humanity has been entirely shaken, but um, the, the rebellious spirit uh, that I see out there from time to time, uh, to me, that, that, that does, that does indicate that that is a part of the Christmas spirit to me. You're right. It's it's a human rebellion against misery, right? You're saying you're as a human being, you're saying I don't have to, I don't have to slog along in life. I can I can actually pursue joy, um, unlike any other creature on the planet. You could pursue joy for its own sake, and and that's what Christmas represents—a rebellion against a rebellion against. I don't want to say nature because it's not it's 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 a highlighting of a particular aspect of our nature but we're certainly not trapped in the same thing that every other creature on this planet is trapped in this this uh by the numbers intuitive uh an intuitive pre-mapped out way of living lots of philosophers and writers try to say we're that now but we're not and christmas is, is an example of how we rise above it and it's very interesting. I don't know what's your uh, religious background. Uh, I have a Christian Orthodox background. So in Christianity, specifically in Orthodox countries, the big thing is not Christmas. The big thing is Easter because it's about the suffering of Christ. Of course, there's also the resurrection, which is brilliant and beautiful, <laughs> but the emphasis is not there. The emphasis is on the suffering. So Peacock is saying actually that a true Christian, so he says that there's one enemy for Christmas. But that's not commercialization. That's actually religion. And he explains that, as you said, Mark, Christmas, not as Christmas, but as this uh, celebration of the day becoming larger, I think with my horrible English, the term is solstice, something like that. Solstice, yeah. Yes. So he said this has been an ancient pagan tradition, particularly in ancient Rome. And the Christians were not happy about it. But at some point, because it was big, they said, okay, we need to we need to appropriate it. And they said, oh, by the way, guess what, pagans? This is also when Christ was born. By the way, that's not the case. But that was the reappropriation. And it took centuries for, the, for Christmas to become like a thing. So in the way it became a thing, they saw it mostly as this, 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 uh, this not celebration, but this idea that this is time for you to think. Think what you've done wrong. So think what think what is uh, you need to repent. What's the term? You need to 
you need to feel sad about the bad things that you've that you've had. So this was the true quote Christmas spirit according to religion. So if you want to return to that, it's going to look a bit like the 2020 Christmas where everyone is a bit thoughtful and no one is no one is very happy. And actually in the radio show, someone calls, the first caller says, you know what, uh, Dr. Pikoff, a true Christian should renounce cre uh, Christmas. And Pikoff says, yes, indeed. And historically, this has been the case. So I don't know if it was also the case with you, but I remember since school, so the Greek education system was a weird mix of religion and kind of 1980s socialist trendy ideas. So the idea was always, look, people, appreciate Christmas, try to leave aside the commercial stuff. Did you have a similar experience? Uh, I mean, I went, I did go to a Catholic school uh, in high school. And so the, the emphasis was on religion for, for Christmas, but I didn't, I mean, I guess I took it seriously. You know, you go through a stage when you're 14, 15, 16 years old, where you really are seriously looking for answers. And for a while, Catholicism and religion sort of supplied that for me, but it never, it never permeated me. I never felt that Christmas was a time of uh, serious self-reflection. It was, it was, a, it was a time of celebration. So the secular American version of, Christ, of, of Christmas was never was never beaten out of me. And look, in our secular traditions, we have we have a time and a space for reflection and self improvement built into the holidays. It's called the New Year's resolution. There's nothing negative about it. You don't have to flog yourself for your sins. That's not deep. The New Year's resolution is is an acknowledgement of where you need to improve in life. It's completely pro-life and and it's an acknowledgement that you're capable of making those changes in your life the resolution if you stick to it you will find improvement in your life so so the, the secular tradition is so much better right it's 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 emphasis on celebration of life joy happiness togetherness wealth and then in the new year we could we could we can be reborn you know we could we could decide what kind of person we want to be and set rules for ourselves and pursue those and be reborn. Ah, I think yeah, it's, it's like it's a it's a new blank page. Now, practically, for ninety nine percent of people, this thing doesn't work. That's why re resolutions fail so quickly. But it's a nice idea. And peak of yeah, but don't you think don't you think it doesn't work because people forget that life is an ongoing process? I I, I get the sense they they think you set a rule, you do it once, and that's that that should sort of set you adrift in the right direction, and you should get where you have to go. No, everything in life is is practice, constant, constant doing, constant value pursuit. You say, if, a re, if you set a resolution, you just got to stick to it. That's the main, I think that's the main power of, that's the main characteristic behind any successful person is, I remember talking to Frank Darabont, the great director and writer about what his particular talent was. And, and he said, well, it's not writing or directing. It's that I just, I can keep my butt in that chair until the project's done. And, you know, if people resolve to do that with their resolutions, then they're going to be a very different person in the next year. That's true. And uh, although I like all this idea of resolution and stuff, I don't do New Year's resolution. Recently, what I've done, and actually it's with someone from the inner circle of the WhatsApp group of ARC UK members, we became accountability partners we, with an actual deal with money. So every day I don't, uh, so I said, I, I want to do more, uh, sparring because since the lockdowns my martial arts school is is closed he has to do something else with programming and every day we we are kind of accountable to each other and this is way more consistent than this idea that oh next year i'm gonna do something like that because as you said 
the, with the thing missing for the year evolution, resolution is this continuity. Whereas if you have every day someone says, uh, where are you? Uh, you didn't send me, therefore you owe me five more pounds. This works better. By the way, here's another commercialized process that actually works. Indeed. And I hate to take a page out of the Alcoholics Anonymous book, but the idea that what really kills the addict and keeps them from being sober is when they look at the whole picture in front of them and they say to themselves, oh, I can't do it. I can't I can't go a year, two years, three years, the rest of my life without booze, but I can go the next minute and I can go the next day. And they, they narrow their perspective down to that. So, so you make the New Year's resolution. It's your wide perspective, which you could probably become overwhelmed with if you keep that wide perspective and say, I can't do that for the next year. But if you say, well, I can do it today. And then you just do that every single day. And before long, it's become a habit and you don't have to think about it and force yourself to do it anymore. Yeah, that, that's how I... So I, I've never ever actually quit smoking. And I have always a packet of cigarettes like within five meters within me. But I think this is what has actually helped me. So most of the, so there have been, there can be three months where I don't smoke a single cigarette. But I say, look, it's there. I know it doesn't make me feel good, but if I want it, it's there. So I think this works better than say, never again, I can, I'll be able to smoke a cigarette because then it becomes this big thing in your mind. Anyway, we, that's, that's, that's a good topic before New Year, by the way, resolutions and how to keep them. I think, Alex Epstein had an episode in the Human Flourishing Project. So going back to, to, to Peekoff, so he said the thing that made Christmas, everything that we like, was actually the Industrial Revolution. And it was the commercialization quote of society. And it was capitalism. And he said most of the things you like, the Christmas tree, Santa Claus, gift uh, trading gifts, all this is a relatively new American phenomenon. So when you people say, oh, I don't like Christmas because it's too commercialized, basically you're saying, I don't like the Christmas tree. I don't like Santa Claus. By the way, Santa Claus got the glory from uh, the guy from whom I took my name because it was St. Nicholas who was the Christian equivalent of Santa Claus. And that's, who, and, and that's, why, uh, but, and that's why many Christ Christians still don't like Santa Claus. And Bikoff says it's because Santa Claus is benevolent, but not sacrificial. Santa Claus is just. He says, look, if you've been naughty, no gifts for you. Santa Claus likes happiness, is a triumph of joy over pain. And he took Jesus and sent Nicolaus away from the forefront. And now he's, let's say, the protagonist of Christmas. So Bikoff actually, at the end of the day, says, look, Christmas is commercialism turned into a holiday. And this is good. Because if you take all this out, then Christmas is nothing from the things that you, that, you, that you bring in your mind when you think Christmas. That's nice. That's nice. I, I, wish, I wish more people got the vibe that, that, that just because it's commercial doesn't mean it's bad or lowbrow. It just, means, it just means accessible to lots of people and that lots of people partake of it. And lots of people like it. I don't know. That seems generous, communal to me. I am. You know, what's what's to reject about commercial? Nothing. Yeah, and and it's it's also a bit like the thing that the left has that every time you are about to be hubs like, wait, wait, remember, do you know people that your Amazon parcel uh, has a environmental footprint or the workers or on Black Friday? You know what? Every time you contribute to this commercial society, it's like, look, in my family, I have some very religious people 
So I have the typical religious uh, 70 years old aunt. She's never as pedantic as the leftists are with commercialization. So my message is the same. That was my message in Black Friday. Let people be happy. Try to contribute to this happiness. Try to add up to the good energy. Try to be the force that says, no, this year we're not going to succumb to pain. We're going to rebel against it, as you said. And, you know, next year we're, we're back. Hopefully we're all around. We're all healthy and well. And next year we're back and it's time to remember, you know, the things that we forgot. And that anyone who wants a non-commercial Christmas, you know, visit a poor country and see what these people wouldn't give to have your, quote, alienating and commercial Christmas, dear leftists or dear religious conservatives. Yeah, the left, the, left, the left are the new church ladies, and they should be rejected at every turn, as should the real church ladies. Re reject all of that and just embrace your joy, my friends. Embrace the joy. Okay. So I think that's a good way to, to put a, an end to today's episode. So I think the Daily Objective will actually have an episode tomorrow. I'm too much of a Christian Orthodox tribalist to be to work to be working on Christmas Day, but I think Razi has something set up with some of the other co-hosts. So, from me, uh, many thanks to our viewers, many thanks to our members, our supporters. It was a good last. The year was good. You know, I, I met Mark. I met the other co-host. We have formed this community, which is a good place to be in. So. No, not everything. Not everything is bad in the world. Agreed. Now enjoy yeah. yourself, even though they're trying to lock you down over there. Yeah, yeah. So, and on that happy note, I'll go help my brother-in-law in in his cooking because you know Greece is not necessarily a patriarchal society, so we do some of the cooking as well. Okay, thank you, Mark. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. All the best for Christmas.